Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish. The podcast that may not always wear a condom. (laughs) (laughs) May. (laughs) May not always. 50% of us does some percentage of the time. (laughs) All of us do something every time. Right. (laughs) And that something may be nothing. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. Yep. And today we're going to talk about Mormons. Yeah. Mormons. Magic underpants wearing just happy-go-lucky Mormons. Owning your own planet. Definitely not polygamist Mormons. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but before we do. Before we do. Um. So you talked about the Supreme Court Arkansas ruling last time. I did. I want to talk about the Texas ruling that just happened. Um, It's exactly the same thing you were talking about before of we just kind of thought, oh, a a, a Bergefeld. um, Bergefeld. I'm going to get you there eventually. (laughs) So we just all were like, great, it passed. We're all happy now. And we get to be gay and married and get all the shit that we get. And now all these states are saying, well, we'll give you a license, but, yeah. and it's the but, anything that follows the but is like, yeah. let's try to keep discriminating against you. Yeah, we have to let you get married, but we don't want you to do these married things. Yeah, we don't want to give you all the same benefits and rights and all. It's like, we will, all we, all we promise is to hand you a, a license. Yep, right. But then we're not, uh, so Texas, originally before the ruling, the one, the O, the big O ruling. The big O. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Houston mayor granted the lesbian one. Yeah, the lesbian one, Anise Parker. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm from Houston, so like this is very like. Even though I don't live there anymore, like this means a lot to me to see this kind of news. S- sorry for the quick aside, but like, who would have thought that Houston of all fucking places would have a lesbian mayor? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did she just kind of like? sneak in there like was that was that a ninja lesbian attack (laughs) (laughs) the under the radar lesbian pop out like the trojan horse lesbian (laughs) yeah um she well okay i don't know i wasn't following any of the news or coverage at that time so i will relay this to you as my dad related to me okay she tricked us (laughs) (laughs) that's his that's his analysis okay so and my point back to him was if she had been very out and vocal about being a lesbian, you would have said, what does that matter? Why do you have to talk about being a lesbian? So it's a no-win situation for someone to either talk about or not talk about their sexuality before getting elected. Being a lesbian is a no-win situation. It's but... true. You get no dick. Do lesbians know they don't get dicks? I think they do. Are they... I think they know that. But they're so delicious. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and I think she was elected twice. Like, I, so... <laughs> like the first time, the first time you if can it was be a like, trick. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. This, you, you can't be fooled again. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be fooled again. <laughs> um. So she said that uh, city employees that had a marriage that was recognized by another state, because of course at this time Texas did not recognize same-sex marriages, uh, that they would offer the same benefits as straight people that were married. Sure. And then the the big O ruling came out. <laughs> We all celebrated with our own personal O's. Um, And then (laughs) in spite of the ruling, the Texas Supreme Court said, no, 
same-sex married couples, you know, employed by the city do not get the same legal benefits as straight people. So, and it was really interesting because originally it was eight to one that they were like, no, we're not even going to hear this case. We don't need to. And then there's this big email and campaign by social and religious conservatives that made them change their mind to then take the case and then ended up saying, yes, we can continue to discriminate. We'll, we'll give you gays the certificate you've been asking for, but hope you frame that certificate because that's all you're getting. Well, and Mike, you said you weren't going to do this. (laughs) Kyle asked you nicely. <laughs> Are you going to yell at people? Yes, fuckers. Ah! <laughs> so, like, here's the thing. They're all about states' rights. and They're all about local governance until it's about gay shit, right? So, like, the city of Houston wants to extend benefits to their same-sex couples. What the fuck business is it of Texas? Normally, the Republicans would be fine with that. Yes, Stop telling us what to do, federal government. Stop telling us what to do, state government. The city council and the and the county should have the say in how they run their lives. Oh, except for gay shit. Fuck that. Shut that down right now. They're just hypocrites. It's I, just hypocritical, and I really hate it. And I think like what I saw in a lot of the articles was, you know, all the conservative people who just had this big victory in Texas said this is a big win for the taxpayers. If you if it's about the taxpayers, great, no marriages. Why do we give straight people right. benefits? Let's cut all those too. That'll right. save the taxpayers even more money. Yeah. Like the fact that it's specifically about gay people is discrimination. Yep. Like just there's no way around it. Yep. Yep. So I being from Texas, I feel like everyone wonders what's like <laughs> ask me what's that like and what was that was like growing up and everything and and I love Texas, even in spite of this, it sucks. And I, it being from there, like it, it makes me really sad, but I always tell people, Texas is like your sister. That's addicted to heroin. Like I, I love, I, I love her, but I wanted to like not do heroin anymore. It's mm. that same feeling. I don't have a sister by the way, but mm. it's that same feeling of like, I love it. And, and, and I love Texas and nothing anyone can do will change that. But I just want it to get better. Right. Right. Well, and that's good, right? Yeah. I hope so. Be proud of where you're from, except when it does things not to be proud of. <laughs> except don't give it a needle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have a guest on today's show. We do. We have a guest, a bona fide gay Mormon. Gay ex-Mormon. We don't know we don't if know. he's still Mormon or not. But it's one of the things we're going to ask him. But He, he went to BYU. He went to BYU. He did a mission. He did a so mission. So he went and tried to spread the seed of Mormonism <laughs> all over the faces of people in Albania. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Derek, our friend Derek. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have him on to talk about what it was like being Mormon and also being gay and, and where he's at now with that. Right. But we, before we bring him in, mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you just a little bit about mormonism and a story that i that i found okay so you know uh, like a lot of things on this podcast i have the general sense that mormons aren't supportive of gay people but i don't really know why or don't have any information to back that up okay so i started doing a little uh research on lds lds stands for latter-day saints which is another name for the mormon church Mm -hmm. um 
And, you know, everywhere they have marriages between a man and a woman, whether that's quoting old scriptures or in their section about family or... And sometimes it's between a man and as many women as he can get. <laughs> I'm guessing they're not a big fan of the TV show Big Love. The Mormon church as it exists today does not support plural marriage. That's no longer a part of their dogma. Right. Now, there's actually a long and messy history about this. And there was actually a Supreme Court ruling that said that, no, your First Amendment rights to religion do not protect you against uh, uh, polygamy laws, bigamy mm. laws. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a big fight. The Mormons tried to say, yeah, you can marry as many chicks as you want. And <laughs> then the court said, yeah, no, you can't. And they said, but <laughs> Jesus, and like, it's our church. It's our religious freedom. And the court said, yeah, don't care. <laughs> and um, I think that that's really very, very interesting because we are in the middle of a bunch of religious freedom type cases that are going all the way to the top court where people are trying to say, my religion means I can do whatever the fuck I want to. That's just not true. There's a historic precedent for we can tell your church what it can and can't do. Look what we did with Mormons and plural marriage. Mike, I've asked you time and time again to take religion out of the discussion. Let's take religion out of our discussion about Mormonism, if you could. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's going to be a weird, awkward discussion. So it's just another time just seeing, you know, all these things that make people feel bad about themselves for who they are. Mm -hmm. I think it just reminded me of our episode about depression, just the minor minority stress. If you are told that you are not loved the same as other people or the way that you were made is not as good as other people or your attraction is not equal to other people's attraction or, or yeah. love, yeah. it's really damaging. And you see that in the statistics of, you know, homeless people in Utah and, you know, risk of suicide. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it just, it was really sad to me seeing seeing i i had a hard time coming out and coming to terms with being gay and i didn't grow up religious at right, all right i grew up nothing right so if i had a hard time imagine if you had someone saying you are going to hell the lord did not do this like uh, that's uh i can't imagine that crushing feeling right yeah well and seems like there are a lot of them like they they're up here in seattle because salt lake city to here is the shortest distance to a city mm. right like if if you were to be totally cut off from your family kicked out of the house that's it you're done because you're gay seattle is a pretty uh, tempting and convenient landing spot for those people and and there, there's a lot of them here yeah did you grow up religious um no no not really i mean so my, i mean my family was catholic i remember going to catholic church and um we'll talk about whether i want you to to post this or not um our priest passed away and when the new priest came to town i was like six years old when the new priest came to town he came around and um uh told my folks that they needed to be better catholics and that they need they needed to start tithing because they weren't giving their 10 percent to the church hmm. and my folks being sort of pragmatic people that was the last day we went to Catholic church. <laughs> uh, so I like to say that I'm, I'm a recovering Catholic because my parents were cheap. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good reason as any. Yeah. Um, so it does feel like there is a little bit of a shift. So I wanted to talk about one story I found. It's posted by LDS, by the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. a story about this guy named Josh, who's a gay 
Mormon. Mm-hmm. And by the way, is hot. Really? Yeah. I wanted him to be the guy in the porn that convert try to converse me. So there were so many things about his story that I related to. Um, he was bullied as a kid. I didn't relate to that part, but I just felt for him. He was bullied as a kid and called a faggot. Um, he, uh, when he was in college, he talked about trying to cover up the fact that he was gay by doing things that seem more masculine. And I think he mentioned it seems silly, but like he changed his major from accounting to agriculture just to try to seem more masculine. Oh, wow. Which is like, it's just so interesting what... Those faggy accountants. (laughs) 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 Yeah, just but it's it's that same idea of like, we all did things, or I feel like I did lots of things that are like, well, this is going to see me make me seem gay if I do this thing. So it it takes a lot of, it took a lot of courage and lots of steps on the way of like, Oh, maybe I will do this kind of gay seeming thing. But then you, you were also a Trump major. Yeah. Yeah. That was was one of the things dropping sports was a big thing for me. And, and that was one of the steps along my path of like, just accepting myself. Cause I was like, fuck, I hate sports. Yeah. Other than the brief moments that I get to peek at people in the shower. Yep. It's yep. not all that great. Yeah, that's a lie. Shower, like the shower part was so awkward and horrible. I know. Um, everyone, everyone needs to know that. I think, like, we might joke about how awesome the shower is, but I assure you, there is no worse, horrible, anxiety-provoking moment of a gay person's life, especially if they're in the closet, than showering. They are not looking at your ass. They're looking at anything but because they're freaked the fuck out. Because if they if someone even suspects that they're glancing over, will they get beat up or will people right, right. suspect or yes, it is the worst. Oh, that's the worst part about all this. I even remember in the story about Ryan O'Callaghan, uh the football player that almost committed suicide, he would intentionally he <laughs> when he came out to I think the GM, he was like do you really think I liked coffee that much? And the guy was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I would go get coffee to avoid going to the locker room while all the guys were there. Like, uh, yeah. you know, you do these yeah. things to avoid those awkward uh, scenarios. I always tried to take PE seventh period if I could, because that was the last period of the day and I could justify not showering, mm. just going home. Yeah. Um, I would always look for the handicap ones because those had a curtain on it. Oh, because you were handicapped. <laughs> and I kicked the handicapped dude out of the shower. And I was like, I need this. I know you're in a wheelchair, but I'm gay. But Deal I'm with it. Hey, that's more of a handicap than your legs that don't work. Oh, um, man. So he started dating guys. And then he said he finally understood what straight people were all on about. Like, oh, this actually feels good. And I like this. And he ended up deciding to stay in the Mormon church. And what that means is he cannot have sex. Hmm. He can't date people and it was really sad he, I, it, because this was from the mormon church it, they wanted to make it sound like a positive story yeah. i just saw sadness in everything that he was saying at the end it was like you know god has other plans for me then and sometimes it's lonely and it may it may mean that i never get to have a partner but this is what you know god's path for me means and it, yeah. it just that that made me so sad to think that this gay person is staying in this religion that thinks he is not equal to straight people. And he's assigning that to God wants him to not yeah. be as happy as he could be. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if this is true for the Mormon church. We'll have to ask Derek, or maybe you came across it in your research. Uh, uh, but, but the Catholic church actually 
their dogma is it's okay to have same-sex attraction. It's okay mm-hmm. to be attracted to people. Like you can want to bang dudes all you want to. You're just called not to. Yeah, like, I th- that yeah. seemed similar, but worth and, asking. And I actually think that's worse. Like evangelicals who even just the affliction of being attracted to somebody of the same sex, I think that that ends up being easier to navigate when it's time to come out because, well, you know, we, we both know like being gay it's the most natural, unfightable thing ever, mm-hmm. right? And so if your religion just says that in and of itself is bad and you're not doing anything, it's just happening, I think that that makes it easier to leave your religion. But Catholics, and it sounds like possibly Mormons also, yeah. that say those feelings are fine, but you have to fight it. Yeah. Like it's your cross to bear in life to yeah. figure out how to withstand those urges and... Uh, I think that really complicates it because then it comes back to it's by sheer will you're supposed to force yourself to be somebody that you're not because that's salvation. So that's all. That's all I got. We're already depressing, and we haven't even gotten to the talking to Derek part. Yeah, maybe he'll be uplifting. I bet he will be. He's like a. He's generally a very like positive, happy. You know, he just seems like he likes life. And yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I, f- I find him really inspirational in that way. Like, um, he he's the type of person to take a bite of something and go, this is just an amazing mouth experience I'm having right now with the flavors mixed into this lasagna. Like, he just truly savors things and, and expresses that. And I, I think that that's really, really cool. And we could all do that a little more, I think. Yeah. I savor everything in my mouth, Mike. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll be here with Derek. Sounds great. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Motherfucker. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We are here with Derek Flora. What's up? Hi, Derek. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's fantastic. Good. Um, we're going to talk to you about what it's like being Mormon. <laughs> I had 23 years of experience. Okay. <laughs> Got that down. Um, well, so, so 23, but not 29 or however old you're. Yeah, right? I'm 29. Like, you're 29. So uh, are, are you are you currently not Mormon? That's one of the things that came up in the intro. Yes, I am no longer Mormon. I have officially resigned from the church as of 2012. And what? that means you like, were like, hey, broskies, remove me from the list. And I'm like officially out. So I got to a point in my growth and development where I knew I was gay. Uh, so I knew that I, it was the life that I was going to continue. It is the path that was bringing me the happiness I wanted. Mormonism, it was bringing a lot more conflict into my life. So I had no plans on going back. So my friend one day and I were talking and he's just like, you know, one day I just decided to look at the church and it was like a newspaper subscription that I no longer read. So I just canceled it. So I, that's what I thought. I was like, you know what? It was a good run. I've learned a lot and it is disingenuous of me to stay on the roster. I want to, I want to ask you more about that, but I first want to go backwards in time and, yeah, and that's fine. start with what it was like growing up Mormon, mm-hmm. especially you know, at the stage that you started thinking that you might be gay. The simplest example I can think of, I remember I was about four and I remember uh, being with another friend of mine who was four and we were curious about each other's bodies. We're four. So 
uh, my dad ended up opening the closet when we were in there and very much taught me that there was shame oh. with towards other guys. I don't know if it was necessarily towards other guys. It was framed in the con- context of nudity because it's not like your parents want you around naked girls either when you're four. <laughs> um, male but friend, I'm assuming. Male friend, okay. yes. Yeah. And it was interesting because that was my first memory of it and it absolutely was tied to shame i started trying to find answers uh in the scriptures that were given to me just the scriptures mormons use the holy bible and they have their own scriptures as well like the book of mormon many have heard of and i tried to find answers about this thing called homosexuality i had heard the term at one point i don't remember when but basically the scriptures do not have much of anything at all Nothing that gave me any kind of answers or solace. And I'm a very inquisitive soul. I already was reading entire series of books continuously Mm -hmm. as a child. So I very much understood the Bible very well when I read it and just couldn't really find anything. So it it was a weird balance to play, especially as pornography came into play as a teenager when my parents discovered that and that came with even more shame. And Wait, so they, they discovered that you were watching watching porn. porn. Yeah. yeah, they saw the internet history. I was 12. We had just got 56K, and I did not know about <laughs> deleting internet history. That would have saved me so much grief. I had the exact same experience. I feel like that's a killer for anyone when you just get AOL, and yes. you're like, oh, there's this whole thing that tracks everything <laughs> you look at, which is not what I want my dad to see. Yep. Um. So when you talk about the shame that came along with it, was it because of the scripture or was it just in general oh you shouldn't do that it wasn't um my parents went about things pretty diplomatically with me so it wasn't like for example when they when they saw my internet history it's not that they saw the names of the websites which should be very easy tells of what kind <laughs> of pornography you're looking at do you However, remember any of them yeah give us an example penis flytrap <laughs> there was Adam's XXX. There was absolutely male. Then I also loved going on Napster and downloading images, and I would print them on our black and white laser jet, and I'd fold oh, them yeah. up and put them under my mattress. Yep. I, yep. Those pixels could tell a picture. You could just <laughs> convince your mind of what was there. <laughs> but no, it wasn't that like... So for example, when they found the pornography, they had phrased it in the context of pornography is harmful because it... Uh, it cheapens affection. So they actually tried to give logical reasons to it. They didn't read scriptures to me. That wasn't, that wasn't standard in my life to get a scripture quoted at me Mm. as a rebuke. You didn't say because it was gay porn. It sounds like it's just because it was porn. That's absolutely how they talked about it. I don't even know if they knew the word. They don't, I don't even knew if they knew how to pronounce the word gay yet. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It was a different time in the 90s. Do you remember what you were taught in the church about gay people specifically? Homosexuality was awkward to talk about in the 90s. So people talked about homosexuality, but it was more in like fleeting comments. There were no talks or sermons given on homosexuality as a topic. Mm. When uh, I heard people talk about it, it was always in a negative tone. It was always in a very condemning tone. And when they discussed and mapped out sexual sin at church, they said murder was the worst sin. And uh, after that was sexual sin. And was being gay one of them? Yes. So it is the sin that prevents you from living with God. 
Hmm. Like if you repeat it continually, like it's very hard to repent or uh, improve, recover from Hmm. in their words. So, um, we talked about it a little bit before you got here at the top of the hour in, 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 in Catholicism, which I grew up Catholic or at least nominally Catholic. Uh, it's okay to have same sex attraction. It's okay to have gay feelings, but you're just forbidden from acting on them. I'm, I'm wondering what, what's, what's the Mormon equivalent? Like the uh, dogmatically is it, is it okay? I hate the Mormon equivalent. <laughs> um, so first of all, they said that it's okay to have gay feelings just not act on them. Mm-hmm. However, that is an evolved position. That's a position that came after a lot of public pushback against the Mormons because of their high, harsh rhetoric against the gays. And they already had problems with the African-Americans until 79 when they allowed African-American men to become priests like any other man. Is it true that for a long time, um, uh, black people within Mormon theology were like sinners in a former life or something that they were oh you're referencing the pre-existence so mormons believe that we were all created as spirits before we came to earth and we came to earth to gain bodies to gain real mortal experience in the pre-existence there was supposedly a war it wasn't a fighting war it was a it was a a, like a, a war for souls if you will war of ideas a large contingent while choosing sides sat in the middle of the ground Mm-hmm. and didn't make any decisions but they never sided with lucifer so they were never cast out so lucifer and his spirits were cast out and they, then now they live in hell or outer darkness mormons don't say hell it's a bad word outer darkness <laughs> <laughs> and those quote-unquote lazy or indecisive souls they believed had become african mm-hmm. after the mark of cain was or the mark of ham was placed upon them is there any... so, so basically, you're black because you were a bad person before you were born. <sighs> yes. Okay. Mormon, like, <laughs> they, they will disavow it. However, I have read personally plenty of literature, and there's a book called Mormonism and the Negro that was written by one of the church leaders, mm-hmm. and it very explicitly says that exact theology that I just described. Mm-hmm. So it's very common and well-known. They're just not, they're not proud of it, so they act like it never happened, mm-hmm. which... Like plural marriage, maybe. Yes, they had plural marriage, too. When I was a kid, it was so annoying to be like, Hi, I'm Derek. Oh, you're Mormon? So how many moms do you have? Where do you hide them? In the basement? I'm like, we live in California. We don't have basements. <laughs> is, there, is there any theology behind where gay people came from? No. Oh, okay. The basic descriptor is immortality. Earth life brings with it a lot of diversity and there are diversity of experiences and tribulations trials as they like to call it and being gay is seen as one of those it is a trial to overcome so it's not given any special justification or reasoning it's just a trial Hmm. but there's scriptures like there's one in the in first corinthians i believe that says uh, you will not be tempted above that which ye are able to over like basically to overcome so whatever challenge you get in life, you will be able to overcome it. You will always be successful if you try to achieve achieve anything. Is another way. Of so interesting. It. My first reaction to that is that it's a, it's appealing, right? It's, it almost seems empowering. And then another voice in my head pops right up and says, "That's fucked up." <laughs> I mean, that basically says anything that you're challenged by or tempted by 
you, you, like you, there's a resolution you should be able to when stop there's not this. a resolution this is condemning you to willpower and that's that's really that's fucked up yes it is it really messes with your mind it it helps power the guilt trip guilt trip mentality which keeps a lot of people in religion like myself for years hmm. you feel guilty on your own it's self-policing when you feel guilty people don't have to run after you and tell you what to do all the time you're already beating yourself up literally constantly because of everything you do yeah is that you said like yourself is that one of the reasons you stayed in the mormon church as long as you did i had invested my life and my time in this and after i came out my dad had said a line at one point and i remember he said you would be throwing away everything that you've worked for your school your friends your family are you willing to do this and he wasn't meaning it as a threat what he meant it as is he honestly believed that if i left the church that i would have to leave everything Hmm. That that's just how it worked. That I would be the one deciding to kick everyone out. And that's why it was ironic when they were the ones having a difficult time accepting me being gay. Hmm. Like, hmm, isn't that funny? I'm not trying to leave. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, hearing that you're going to lose your entire, every, your life, what made you, what helped you push, like push you over to that decision to actually do that anyway? To get to that point is difficult because as you were saying earlier, I I couldn't leave the church without actually knowing. So I didn't even touch another guy until I was 23 when I came out. And I like I was so careful. I was trying to be the best Mormon. Hmm. I was doing everything I could. I was always known as one of the really good kids. I was a straight A student. I was very kind to others. I'm very polite and respectful. I learned from my mistakes. I, whatever, like there, there were the things that were praised about me growing up. I'm a good person and I believe that I don't try to be bad. So for me to become, to fully accept my gay identity, I had to disassociate it with being bad. For me, coming out, what was actually decisive in me coming out was finally understanding that there were other Mormons that are gay. Mm -hmm. I thought that homosexuality was always something experienced by the others because that's how they craft it. They don't have God. They're the worst of the sinners. So how could I be gay? Do you remember the first moment that you had that realization that it wasn't just... Oh, yes. What? Well, it was a little unscrupulous of how I found out, but I was on Manhunt and I was uh, chatting in one of the video chat rooms. And uh, what was nice about the chat rooms at the time is you still talked. I mean, you typed. So we just we get to talking every now and then. So you get to know a little bit about people who are wherever else, but they're gay too. And I had never talked to a gay person yeah. about being gay in person. And I remember talking to this guy and he grew up Mormon as well. And so we were just talking about the shared experience and there's a language that comes with being Mormon or growing up Mormon. So we could just talk very freely and openly. And it was great. Um, I don't remember his name. I actually don't remember really much about that. It was just chatting in a chat room with our, while we had our clothes off, you know, like it was, (laughs) we were there for an, uh, an objective. However, it was great understanding that I wasn't alone. And when I got that feeling, that's what made me really start exploring my gay side. When I realized I wasn't alone, I could start feeling like I had a community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and could safely come out and be happy. 
And it was actually honestly a very fast process once it once the catalyst came into play. But what helped me accept it was I I broke down. I it was Valentine's Day, ironically enough, and it didn't happen because it was Valentine's Day. That was a night that I actually had alone to myself in my apartment. So I had gotten to a point where now at this point, I knew that there were other gay Mormons. I had talked to other gay men and they were able to live the lives that I wanted. I watched Brokeback Mountain and I did not watch it with disgust or wonderment. I actually sat there jealous Mm -hmm. because they got to have something so special Mm -hmm. that I will never get. Mm. And that would not leave my mind. I was finally acknowledging, I was honest with myself, and I acknowledged how miserable I was, how alone I was, and how I didn't know what was right. Everything was being turned upside down to me. Everything was confusing. Nothing was right to me. So I finally, I needed to feel some pain, so I got a little dramatic, and I threw my head against the brick wall. Should not have done that. That actually really hurt. So then I fell into the fetal position on the ground and started crying more, and it only fueled my anger. So I cursed God. Just said, fuck you. I have done everything that you or your servants have told me to do, and I have preached to people that this will make them happier, but then why am I so miserable? Why am I alone? I don't understand why I deserve this. Why do you think, what do you think, like throwing your head against a brick wall is an extreme reaction action to take. Mm -hmm. What do you think made that what you did in that moment? As someone who's encountered this situation of a couple different times, you find actually that the violent thoughts that come, they aren't welcome. I never invited them in. It just kept bombarding me as an attractive option. So I finally gave in. I don't think we have a natural tendency, and this is not meant to be a definitive statement. I'm speaking from my own experience. I do not think that we uh, have a natural inclination to ruin our lives and to really hurt ourselves. I just think that circumstances can be so bad that they can make those options more appealing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's difficult for a lot of people because, you know, after talking to others who've uh, struggled with suicidal thoughts, you, you understand that it's a very common theme mm-hmm. that we all share because I've confronted the feelings as well. You don't want them, but they're there. Mm-hmm. In this prayer with God, I got to one point where I just said, you know what? I, because I started thinking of others and I remembered that there are others out there and they're very happy, but others that have even more difficult struggles than I do. So I went the humble approach and I said, you know what? I can deal with this. This is just emotional. I acknowledge that my life is very good. I have a lot of good in my life to work for, but the others, God, can you please watch out for them and please just give them some happiness. They deserve it. And that's when when you say the others, who do you mean? Others who were struggling with their sexuality as well. Mm-hmm. I felt I was strong enough to continue. At least I was trying to convince myself because, again, not tempted above that which you are able. But I remember when I started thinking about that, it was one of the most spiritual experiences I had in my life. All the sorrow and the waves of emotion just left. It was very instant. Mm-hmm. 
And all that left was, all that remained was one thought, and it was to meet other gay Mormons. Hmm. I finally had my answer. It didn't tell me whether or not anything was right or wrong, and I didn't think that was necessary because when I met other gay Mormons and got to see that I'm not alone and people understand me, people value me for even the most hidden and supposedly evil part of myself and people love me, that was what cured everything. That's when I knew that I was gay. There was no turning back. What was it like uh, resigning from the church? I've, I've heard that it can be a struggle to like actually get them to accept the letter and, and take all the steps. The, the standard process really quick is basically you send a letter, they send a letter back, like you say, I want to resign the church. They send you a letter back saying, uh, no, you don't. And we're putting, <laughs> you in, we're putting you in contact with the local leaders. And then they send someone to your house and then you talk to them and then you have to like do even more talking. And you're just like, this was just supposed to be a quick postcard. I didn't mean this to be a three month ordeal. <laughs> so then after that, like you push them away a few, a bit longer and then you, can either just ignore them or you can write another letter to records. And it's always a second time. Then they do send you a letter back saying per your request, your name has now been removed from the membership records of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Should you desire to come back, please don't hesitate to call us or something like that. Like, How long did that process take for you? A month. A month. Okay. I planned mine out strategically. I was living in Wisconsin with my boyfriend at the time and I didn't know anyone out there. So I was like, this is a great place for me to send a letter from. However, they still found the church leaders right next to me. All of a sudden in my Gmail, I started getting invites to set up chairs for church conferences. And I'm like, I told you guys I never want to come back to church. And the first thing you asked me to do is set up chairs. (laughs) (laughs) You Mormons really know how to inspire people to join you, don't you? Chairs are the way to the soul. That's what I always goes. As the saying goes. It sounds like reverse Judaism. Like, it, you know, like to be Jewish, you have to like ask a whole bunch before they actually say yes. It sounds like the opposite of that. <laughs> like, let me leave. No, let no, me they'll leave. guilt you. They're like many blessings await you. If you help set up chairs, I'm like you guys can set up your own chairs. So <laughs> I wrote an email back to the lady and I said, excuse me, how did you get my email? And she's like, Oh, uh, sorry. I don't know you brother Flora. She saw my name and she's like, um, the email list was just hand was created by leadership and I said, oh, okay, well, I've actually sent my letter into church headquarters to resign my membership, so I would appreciate if I could be taken off your email list. I'm still going to be respectful. It ain't her fault. Yeah. I ain't got nothing against her. Yeah. Just her entire belief system, but not, <laughs> nothing against her. So uh, they they sent me that letter back. They sent me another letter with a pamphlet that had a creepy picture of the three leaders of the church, and it's just like, you guys you're not going to inspire me by showing pictures of bland white men in suits. It's not (laughs) anything that I aspire to be or feel at all. Like sending me a pamphlet doesn't show that you care about me. That's the entire point. Like in the Mormon religion, I never really felt that people genuinely cared about me because it was always tied to what I was doing. So I just ignored that letter. And then they sent me another letter a month later after ignoring them. (laughs) And it said, uh, Per your request, your name has been removed. So before you got here at the top, at the top of the hour, uh, we both said that you're like one of the most positive people that we know. Like that, you just exude this like 
Joie de vivre. Jesus, Mike. <laughs> but you, you like life. Like, you come across as a person that loves life. Enjoys experiences. I love life and the cereal, too. <laughs> Cinnamon is my favorite. <laughs> Way but, to my heart. But, uh, what, where do you think that comes from? Mormons are incorrect in a lot of their beliefs. That is factually correct. It is not a matter of actual debate, but people can convince themselves emotionally of whatever they want. And that's fantastic. That's your life. This is also my life. And if there's one thing I'm very grateful to my Mormon beliefs while growing up is, I said it earlier, there are authentic Mormons who are genuinely happy. That religion teaches you to appreciate life. It teaches you to aspire to your ultimate potential, that you could become a god one day. And to be a god, you would have to be perfect. You would have to be just like Jesus, the ultimate good, kind, friendly, benevolent, polite, respectful. But, I mean, still have aspiration and drive and achieve. You you want to leave this world a better place than you found it. Mormons very much have that ingrained in them. Now, not every Mormon definitely takes a lot of it to heart. However, I did. Hmm. If there's one belief that I felt was ever true in the Mormon church, it's that this life is meant to be enjoyed. You're talking about some of the positives that you got from Mormonism, like the desire to leave the world in a better place. When you look at Mormonism now, how do you feel about it? (laughs) I am no fan of the Mormon religion. I'm not even a fan of it for people right now. Uh, I feel that their beliefs have actually gotten worse towards gays because they get passive aggressively worse. So Hmm. they don't say that all gays are going to burn in hell anymore. However, they do say things where if you have a gay parent, you cannot be baptized until you are 18. That is a new policy that they just made two years ago. Hmm. Why? Why do you care if they have a gay parent? They want to join your church. I lived in a Muslim country and you didn't care about baptizing any of those Muslims, even though they had family in Jordan and they could go to Jordan, find out that they had converted and could legally kill them. Mm-hmm. And Mormons didn't seem to care about baptizing them, but they care about baptizing a child with gay parents. Mm-hmm. And they only care about it in the United States. I don't get it. A lot of Mormonism to me just seems so obviously farcical. I don't know why people even waste their time with it. That being said, I do not knock the people that genuinely desire to believe in its promises. Has, has the Mormon church been a net positive or negative in your life? Or to say it a different way, if you had it to do all over again, would you choose to be a Mormon again? Uh, if oh, I, fuck. <laughs> if I had the choice, no. Hell no. What's your relationship like with your Mormon family and friends right now? Um, my parents and I are close. Uh, however, it is difficult a lot because I we have very clear boundaries. And sometimes I would like to be a little more real with them. And that's been its own process and journey too. And I think I'm finally ready to start sharing some of my actual insights and feelings about life with my mom. Cause uh, you know, I still want her to understand me like the real me, not just things I do, not just pictures she can see on Facebook, but I want her to know her son. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that someday my dad and I could have a relationship like that again. But as far as my other Mormon friends go, everything's great with them. Most of my Mormon friends from college, even the straight ones have all left. You know, it's so fascinating. Wow. They just all happen to leave. Like the ones I stayed really good friends with. My last question is completely unrelated. Yes. Tell me about the underwear. 
<laughs> it's not cute, girl. I tell you what. I felt I hated wearing those things. They are so uncomfortable. So the underwear that Mormons wear is what is called garments. You get it after going through the temple. You go through what is called the washing and anointing. It's a... Uh, at least I think that's what it's called. It's been a while. But you do these you do these little rituals when you first go through there, and you basically wash yourself of the world, and then you place on this clean garment. And there are symbols on it, and they mean little things like there's a compass symbol that means your heart and your mind will always be focused on pure intentions. You're you'll honor your family there's little things like that they're there to protect you from bad shit there's even the there's even like urban legends within mormonism i remember hearing one of my mission this missionary fell down an elevator shaft and like was all stabbed up and hurt all around until he got to the line of the garments and then everything in his body was so pure so I was like, that's a great thing that his arms and everything else got mangled. <laughs> that's not proving the power of your garments. It's saying the dude should avoid elevator shafts. <laughs> like... All right. Speaking of shafts. <laughs> what? I need to pee. Oh. <laughs> All right. There, there are different ways to say that, but sure. Uh, we're we're going to take a break. When we, when we come back, we're going to do gayest and straightest and, and, and close Ooh. up. But before we do, do you, do you have any, any parting thoughts uh pearls of wisdom the best phrase that i've come to live by in life i learned when i was 15 years old it was written on a girl's mirror and she looked at it it every single day it said be the change you want to see in the world honestly it's in our control to see a good world i know that there's bad out there i'm not ignoring it i'm just saying that there are a lot of things that we can choose to make better and it's honestly from our own actions and, and behavior there are good people in the world just give us a chance. We're out there. And that girl is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary and, for president. And, every, and everything worked out for her. Yeah, she, hey, she still won the popular vote. So. <laughs> All right. On that note. Uh, should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. <sighs> Fuck you, Kyle. <laughs> I know. I know. We're back. We're back. <laughs> I love our breaks so much. <laughs> Um, so we're going to do gays and straightest, but before that, our website is gayishpodcast.com. Uh, our Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash gayishpodcast. Our Twitter is at gayishpodcast. And the reason I'm doing this fast is because I have something more important to ask of you. Oh, wait. Okay. Not you, Mike. <laughs> oh, wait, do, wait. Is this when I, do I get to yell at them again? Oh yeah. You can yell at them, but about this. Okay, go ahead. So we're going to ask everyone for a favor. It's a big favor. Uh, we are nominated for a podcast award, and we would oh. like your help voting. Uh, it's based on votes, at least the first round is. So um, the process is, if you go to podcastawards.com, it's spelled like the words. <laughs> <laughs> all one word? All, all one word. No there's space no spaces. Dot com. In, no. <laughs> there's no spaces in URLs. Uh, there's a giant blue button that says nominations are open. You click on that. Um, you do have to sign up. So I have to give your email. Throw your spam email in there. We don't we don't care about that part. Um, <laughs> and then if you scroll down near the bottom, there's an LGBTQ section. And if you click on the drop down, gayish is one of the options. So you can vote for the other categories if you would like to if you recognize any of them you don't have to you can just vote for the lgbtq section but we would love it if everyone would uh vote for us and 
Yeah. Do you, this is oh Mike, this is the part where you yelled him. Oh 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 oh. So you already fucked up the ratings. We have way less fucking ratings than we have friends. So we know that you bitches aren't fucking doing your jobs. You might be able to redeem yourself by doing this shit. I haven't decided yet, but you better fucking try. I'm convinced. <laughs> we we love you. Thank thank you for being here. And and you don't have to do anything. Quit enabling other than... them, Kyle. No, I'm good cop. Some oh. of us like a little control. I'm good cop. Oh. <laughs> This is your podcast daddy telling you. <laughs> this is your podcast daddy is also a great title. <laughs> From now on, look for us under the title. This you, is your podcast daddy talking. You dirty bitches <laughs> fucking rate us and vote for us. And vote for us. Um, okay, so gayest and straightest? Gayest and straightest. Uh, I'll go first. Um, so this week, uh, the gayest thing uh, this week was... Uh, I recently bought a new TV. It's enormous. It takes up like an entire wall, which if we post this to Bathwater, they'll be able to see it in the camera angle this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the old TV, um, I said that my neighbor's sister could have it because she's now moving into the building. Uh, when, the, when The day she got her keys, I said uh, I would take the tv over to the neighbors and and leave it there so that she would have access to it immediately i walked in with this tv i hadn't showered i'd just gotten up my hair is every which way and the gayest thing about me is she said oh here's my sister and she came around the corner and she was first of all beautiful and then i just like immediately recoiled like don't look at me i'm hideous like (laughs) i I literally said to her i am not cute enough to meet you right now (laughs) (gasps) michael johnson said cute oh He's learning. <laughs> embrace the. It take, embrace takes a while. But... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the um, the the straightest thing about me uh, today, actually, I I followed a coworker downstairs and had a long conversation about his motorcycle. Oh, that's uh, you win. It, it's, 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 <laughs> nothing straighter. Where do you begin? Yeah, like, the color. How, how many how many cc's is that? And like. <laughs> like how much how much does it cost and oh do you still work on it and oh is it two stroke yeah great neat how many miles to the gallon do you get like anyway it was just it was super butch and super straight and i might i might i might be in the market for a motorcycle so if you have anybody out there in the podcast universe with a motorcycle that they want to sell a gay person i don't know why you would want to sell it to a gay person versus any uh, anybody but just i will buy it maybe Bessie only gets ridden by gays. Yeah. <laughs> she don't take too kindly to the to the streets. I, I will buy your motorcycle in exchange for votes and rating and reviewing and subscribing, <laughs> bitches. Um, so I'll go next. Yep. Uh, so the gayest thing about me, oh man, there are some things that like I've talked about, like lots of crazy shit that I've done. But I was Mike. I was at your place the other night. And we were watching clips from SNL. Hey, Kyle. What? Do you see my giant TV? I, I do see your giant TV. Do you see the giant smear of I was going to say something. In the, in the middle of the TV? Do you mean the normal size smear? Because. Because. Kyle. What? what, what <laughs> tell us. What'd you do? I might have tried to make out with Colin Jost. <laughs> and by might have, I mean definitely did. And by make out with him, I mean press my lips against the TV. And when it switched 
views I I, I we've entered a new era with a 70 inch TV it's those like, faces are bigger than yours and it's just so pretty even when it's giant and I just wanted to put my face you, on his you mouth were, you were pretty drunk but do you remember, do you remember saying oh my god he's life sized like, <laughs> that's one of the appeals of giant TVs is when you make out with them it's like they're real yep. and his oh. lips could envelop me anyway I mm. might have left a, a, a Kyle lip size stain on your giant tv yep <laughs> also hmm. colin just is beautiful yep. um my straightest thing is there are some days it's actually seems similar to yours mike like there are some days i wake up and like i cannot be bothered to do something to my like face and body to make it look okay so i just put on a baseball cap <laughs> and i feel like when i wear my baseball cap that's pretty straight it's like there is gross crazy hair under here and it's <laughs> yeah. A little bit greasy and i haven't washed in a few days but this baseball cap makes it all better wear gym shorts in public and then you'll complete the image i my goal is to look like i'm athletic so athletic guys are into me and they'll be like do you work out and i'll be like totally some bro. air jordans and some basketball shorts Those, I, they need to come below i the have knee. air jordan below the knee because yes. of the underwear that i wear <laughs> yes <laughs> you're holy now my holy yes my holiness uh derek what are your gays and straightest things well, since I've dabbled in both communities, <laughs> oh, uh, the straightest thing I feel I have ever done, especially because it's so out of character for me, or is it? Right after I came back from Albania on my mission, uh, one of my best friends from high school was saying, hey, like we got to catch up and see you. We're going to a concert this Friday. You should totally come. So I'm like, perfect. I haven't seen you in two years. I'm totally game to come see you. Until I find out what concert. Toby Keith. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we went to, oh, God, what is it called? I think it's called the San Manuel Amphitheater now in, in Southern California. But it, uh, we were on a grass lawn outside, <laughs> the big old stage down below. Everyone, including me, was in cowboy hats. Awesome. When you went to the bathroom, dudes were so drunk, they were actually having sword fights at the trough. Awesome. And... Women were running in there to just be like, hey, boys, <laughs> and use their stalls because ours didn't have lines, whereas theirs did. And yep. none of those straight men cared that women ran in there. But I definitely got pee shy. <laughs> <laughs> so that country concert was actually kind of amazing. However, I don't think I ever need to go to one again. <laughs> yeah. Did he sing the boot in your ass song? Uh, Yes. <laughs> and there was definitely one about like. And Lady America sent a kick to your ass or whatever song it was. It was like the one that was like hella like patriotic freedom. Woo. Yeah, big and like red, the American white, flag boner. was on the screen and everyone was hoorahing and like all the Marines were over there. Super boy. And everything was so it was intoxicating. <laughs> I took a boot in my ass once. Mm. Never again. <laughs> Then the gayest thing I've ever done. So in Skagway, Alaska, one of the towns I've lived in, it's an 850 person town, 90 miles north of Juneau. So it's on the mainland. You can drive into Canada. There's two places in Southeast Alaska. You can actually drive into Canada from because everything else is islands or blocked by glaciers. And uh, so I'm in this tiny ass little town. And at the end of every summer, the Red Onion Saloon, which is a former brothel, it's now a bar owned by a lesbian, so it's totally appropriate, <laughs> holds a drag show every single year. And the money that's raised at that show actually goes into a local fund that the local residents can pull from for medical emergencies when they can't afford their bills. Yep. 
So I just decided to go dressed in drag just for fun. I, I wasn't even planning on anything. Uh, my friend Erica ended up doing my makeup perfectly, I might add. I couldn't find a wig, small town. It was just wasn't going to deal with it. But I did have some nice double Ds and some good uh, thigh-high boots. Did you shave? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I did. Ugh, begrudgingly. But <laughs> I did. So that made it gayer, I guess. Kind of looked apart. And so I went to this drag show. And right when I was there eating pizza, the gay couple in town, they own a, a bakery or a little cafe. They were in drag too. So we were chatting. The gay couple in town. <laughs> the. Yeah. One and only. I'm like, it's Mr. and Mr. Gay. Yes. <laughs> the gay The gay here. couple. And, uh, and then these two girls come in dressed in their drag king wear. And they're like, oh, my God, Derek. Like, we needed a bitch or a hoe for our performance. Do you want to perform? And I was like, girl, I got you. So they ended up performing <laughs> Macklemore and Ryan Lewis's And We Danced. Nice. And we cried. And we laughed. <laughs> and so I have the whole thing recorded. It's so funny. Like, they're there performing or whatever. And then I eventually, like, after a while, I burst the curtains out. And I strut on downstage. And everyone starts screaming. And it was so much fun. And I just came right in between those two dude chicks. <laughs> whatever like drag kings and they were like slapping me around and it was so much fun <laughs> like i had a gr- they had these socks stuffed in their pants that went like halfway down their thigh to overemphasize how big of a package they had yeah 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 so i was like grabbing it at one point like shaking it around it was so much fun i i woke up with so much money in my underwear still and i felt guilty i was like i thought i got it all out because it's for the charity <laughs> Derek, we needed a bitch or a hoe. We're so happy you're here. That's what most people say when you walk in a room, even today. And I'm like, yes, ma'am, yeah, I'm I am ready for service. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, uh, So that's it. That's it. Thank you so, so much for being here. We really, really appreciate it. And Thanks uh, for having me. And I just that it was very it was very illuminating and and mormon (laughs) we we do love our optimism (laughs) but thanks for having me out it was a pleasure chatting glad to have you uh yeah so uh until next week uh, i'm mike johnson i'm kyle getz be butch be fabulous be you see you next week see ya bye bye